Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today because I have a very good friend of mine on this episode of the podcast. See, most of the time I interview people some of whom I know, some that I don't really know that well. I usually get to know them during this podcast. So when we do a podcast episode like this, this particular individual, I know him pretty well. And so without further ado, I want to welcome Phil Kyle to the podcast. Phil is the director of strategy with Zweig Group, and he is a, a man of many talents and you know one of the smartest people in the room, in any room that you go into. And that's why I like hanging around them. So I wanted to bring him on the podcast today to talk to talk about what he's been doing, what he's been up to there at Zwy Group, and you know, just to check in with him. So, Phil, Happy New Year! How are you doing? Happy New Year! Thanks, Randy. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good now that that I've had a chance to see you. We haven't talked in a while, and and I mean, the holidays came and went, and I'm just really excited to kind of be back at it, right? And this is a new year for the Zwy Glitter Podcast. And we've got plans for so many great episodes, both with internal advisors like yourself at Zweig Group, as well as a lot of external individuals that are experts in the design industry to talk about a wide variety of, of issues and solutions and just things that are making a difference in the design industry. So I want to encourage people just to continue tuning in to what we're doing on a regular basis with this podcast, because you'll be surprised who we have on, especially this year. I'm moving out of my comfort zone. I'm reaching out to people that seem unreachable, but would be great to have on this platform. And so, you know, but we wanted to start with the best and that's why we connected with you for this episode today. So <laughs> again, All right. the bar is set high. <laughs> it is. It is. That's right. You know, I, and I know you can handle it. So, but I would love for you just to kind of hear or share, if you will, your superhero origin story. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself. You've been on older episodes of the Zweig Letter podcast, and a lot of things have changed, really, with the company and just with life in general. We're, as At the time of recording this, we're still in the midst of the pandemic, although 
you know, everybody's trying to get back to business as usual, but I would love for you just to kind of initiate this audience and tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I've got a, a pretty mixed and varied background, I suppose. It's, you know, I think it lends itself well to what I do now with strategy building and, and strategy leadership for the design industry. You know, by way of education, got a few degrees. Uh, chemical engineering is kind of the main background. I've also got a biophysics degree. And then grad school, I went back and got my MBA focused on entrepreneurship and innovation and strategy in, that, uh, in the time that I was there. In my professional life, the previous positions that I've held are pretty diverse. You know, I was in the Air Force for about five years uh, as an aircraft armament system specialist, working in weapon standardization, and, and that was a great experience. Got to travel the world, set me off. My first duty station was in England, and, you know, it just went from there, Belgium, you know, the Middle East, and so forth. Also have worked in sales and supply chain strategy for, you know, a company like Keurig. Worked with their Walmart sales team, designing sales and supply chain strategy. Uh, I've done you know research and development with into thermal batteries. Spent some time as an improvement engineer with Dow Chemical, which is I think where I spent the longest you know professionally before joining Zweig was with Dow Chemical, and and that was a great experience. Learned a lot from that. Worked in polyethylene plants, doing improvement projects in, in for those both safety and process improvement, those types of things. Then I you know really hooked up with Jamie Clare, Chad, Mark Zweig, and and the team really after my journey into entrepreneurship for myself actually started a couple companies on my own one being brewery carbonation technology which which fell flat pretty quickly but the the market research component of that was fantastic just getting to travel around and talk to uh, a lot of brewmasters drink a lot of beer for that one so uh, got some good stories from that learned a lot of good lessons then moved into medical devices actually funny enough we patented a device that uh, is called uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation. It's a combination of TMS with EEG, and we were treating neurological and psychiatric disorders predominantly and starting with the indication of depression. So really trying to help those folks that were battling depression, particularly treatment-resistant depression. And so that was a lot of fun. Ran into a couple of forks in the road in terms of the way life was going and had to make a decision. And it just, you know, by by happenstance, met up with with the great people at Zweig about four years ago now, I guess, and came on board with them. And it's been a fantastic journey ever since. I've taken this strategy, director of strategy role on about, oh, I guess, two and a half years ago, I think, at this point. And it's been an excellent journey. I mean, there's been a, lot, a huge evolution of the company, a lot of changes, a lot of, a lot of improvements. Of course, the, the rolling out of the Elevate the Industry vision statement has been something that is has really energized not only the folks within Zwei Group but within the entire industry, everybody that we have we have contact with. And so I'm really excited about that. Really excited about the things that are coming for 2021. It's just going to be it's going to be a big year. I mean, it's it's going to be a fantastic journey from here on out. Well, I love that man, and I can certainly hear the enthusiasm in your voice. And first of all, I want to just say thank you so much for your service. I, I always like to acknowledge people that have given their time to our U.S. military. So I appreciate you doing that. And the second thing is I always get excited whenever we would do our leadership trainings to hear you tell your varied story of experience. And I think it's important, and I don't, I don't want this to be missed by anyone, is that sometimes being really, well, not sometimes, I think all the times when you're well-rounded, you tend to approach problems differently. 
I think you tend to find solutions much easier. And I would love for you just to kind of talk about your role as director of strategy and what has been the key thing for you or the key differentiator for Zwei Group in terms of going into firms and being able to help them pinpoint their areas of weakness and areas of challenge that they need to overcome to ultimately be the successful firms that they know they're called to be. So, I mean, if you could just walk our listening audience through that a little bit, I think it would be great because with your background and experience, you know, you bring a unique perspective. You haven't been in the design industry for the last 25 years. So you don't have some of the bad habits that people that come to you with needing help have. So I'd love for you just to kind of talk about that and the key differentiator that Zwei Group offers when it comes to strategic planning. Sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's there's this conversation, almost a dichotomy that's set up that you can either take the, you know, the broad breadth of experience approach versus, you know, the, the technical expertise, deep dive into a specific area. I think you need both of those working in tandem. And we definitely have both of those within Zwei Group. And I know a lot of our client firms do as well. I think it really, you know, having that breadth and diversity of experience allows me, I think, to make connections that other people wouldn't necessarily make. But the the more that I've learned about the industry, that's definitely helped me as well. Taking, you know, really understanding truly from a, a deep level of knowledge about how this industry operates comparatively with others has been helpful. You know, it's I've run into a lot of firms that, you know, their leadership team has been working together and in one firm their entire their entire careers. And it becomes a point where they have a real difficulty seeing how to do things differently. And you always hear that refrain of this is the way we've always done things. But but a lot of people actually, you know, they really live that. Even as much as there's this cognitive dissonance, they say, you know, I really understand the need for diversity of thought. I understand the need for new ideas and innovation and those types of things. When it comes to actually living that, putting it into practice, executing upon it, that's a whole different ballgame. It's, it's much more difficult. Easier said than done, I suppose. And so we help them see these connections. We help them expose them to data and insights. You know, We're a very evidence-based, data-driven organization. That's why group, and that's certainly at play within our strategic planning practice as well. It's, we really heavily rely upon that side of, our, of the house, the, the research, the publications, the surveys, the R&D, the data analysts that work with us to really help provide insights into our advisory area. And so with strategic planning, what do I do in this role, I think was one of the questions that you had asked. And, you know, on strategy, it's really, it's really a number of things. I think what we predominantly do, the majority of our work is start to finish strategic plan builds. And so we'll come into your organization, we'll conduct, you know, it's broadly in a few different phases. The first phase being research, where we conduct interviews, we do all staff survey, we do a client perception study, we look at operational and financial benchmarking to really get a good understanding of what the organization looks like in totality. The, the goal, I guess, could be said that we're trying to understand it if, as if we're sitting in, in the client's position or in their seat. We really want to make decisions that are not generalized. We want to make decisions that are specific to each individual client organization, things that respect the culture, history, and values of those specific firms, rather than you know what I think consultants and advisors get kind of a bad rap for, somewhat deservedly so, is they kind of come in, don't really listen, have a preconceived notion of what you need, and then just say you know do this three step process, you're going to be successful. And I don't think you know I think we take a, a markedly different approach, and I don't think that's necessarily true. There's you know not to get too academic. There's 
path dependencies on how you approach your strategy and certain things you have to go through, certain team makeups, certain types of skill sets, and that combination of everything that makes up your firm is unique and you're uniquely positioned to pursue certain strategies as opposed to others, you know, comparatively with the competition that you're facing in any given field. And so it's actually an interesting part of what we do is trying to figure out those nuances. That kind of leads into to phase two, which is the interpretation analysis. So we have all of this information. Now, what do we do with it? What insights can we bring from it? We kind of compile that all into an assessment. We do some some SWOT analysis as a kind of a traditional SWOT analysis. There may be some other things that we take a look at from you know balanced scorecard or PESTEL, or there's a number of different models that we might try to rely upon a little bit to take a deeper dive into what are the real challenges that your firm is facing? What are the recommendations that we might have? And what are the things that we can do to really put you ahead in, in terms of competitive advantage? What is that true differentiator for your firm? So as we build strategies in what, what is phase three, the strategic planning meetings, we put it all together, we're building these strategies. It's stuff that, that help accentuate or empower your, your competitive advantage. It's things that you can be uniquely positioned to accomplish or as opposed to, as opposed to your competition. And so that's really where a lot of the design work happens within the strategic plan is at those meetings in phase three. We're talking, you know, at the, the pinnacle. And I talk a lot about proper hierarchy or effective strategic planning architecture and how that flows. How do you build it? There's, there's a couple of different ways to approach it. I typically like to look from a top-down approach and, and say, well, what is the purpose of this organization? What is our higher cause? You know, that core piece that really attracts people and provides motivation to the people that are already a part of the organization. So I start with the why. I start with, with that top level, the vision statement. So we talk about the vision, the mission, the values, the competitive advantage, and then we build into strategic objectives, strategies, initiatives, actions, and culminate the whole thing with, I think, one of the most important parts of the process, albeit not the most fun part of the process, which is the communication plan and implementation plan. Because that is the point of failure for strategic planning is implementation or execution of the plan. It doesn't seem like we're at a deficit of great ideas within this industry. Everybody's you know, smart, intelligent individuals, and they've got great ideas. It, the, the rub really comes in when you try to put things into action because the, the habit of just you know, serving clients, doing what you've always done, kind of back into that day-to-day -day grind that we're all familiar with, that's the, that's the kind of the easy way to, to put yourself back into that position rather than saying, well, now I've got to do some things a little bit differently. You have to focus a little bit on the longer term, and that's really going to benefit the organization. And if you're able to do that implementation piece effectively, what it's showing is, is firms with strategic plans are 12% more profitable. You're significantly better positioned for the, the talent war that's out there, recruiting better talent, among you know, a number of other things that you know, whatever your goals might be, you're much better positioned to take those things on. Yeah. And I mean, you, you laid it out perfectly. I appreciate that because I did give you a multi-question. There were multi-parts to that question. Talk a little bit about the idea that, well, if I'm a small firm, I'm a small design firm, I don't necessarily need a strategic plan, but you guys have worked with small firms and you work with billion-dollar corporations. I mean, talk about just the understanding of why a strategic plan, everybody needs one. I mean, you laid some of it out. The bottom line, I mean, I don't need to be sold on anything other than the fact of just what you said. Firms that have a strategic plan in place are 12% more profitable. So that in and of itself should sell me on it. But just this understanding that I know a lot of smaller firms tend to wonder, well, is this even something we should be doing? 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's everybody needs to have a kind of a, a roadmap. Where are they headed? What are the bigger initiatives? What are the bigger goals they're trying to accomplish? I'm sure if we just sat down for you know a cup of coffee or a beer, you would tell me why you started your business. What are the things that that you really got into this for? And whatever those are, that's the answers to that are going to be, you know, practically limitless. There's going to be some groupings, there's some similarities that you'll find. But there is something bigger than yourself that you're trying to trying to accomplish. And we've helped firms, you know, as small as I think 12 was the smallest that I worked kind of in a, you know, the typical capacity of a full scale strategic planning build. We've worked with smaller firms on specific strategy initiatives that they're working on or giving them resources and advice. And then, like you said, all the way up to billion dollar corporations that we've, that we've worked with. And there's unique challenges and, and there's different levels of sophistication, of course, at, at each one of those. But even if you're a small organization, you're facing a lot, of this, a lot of similar challenges in large part. It's just how do we tackle them? We might tackle them a little bit differently. We can move a little bit more quickly. And so it's getting everybody rowing in the same direction. We want to be successful. We want to be profitable, whether that's to give back, to have a, you know, a good living for your family, whether it's to be trying to do something different, trying to build something different, inspire change within the design industry, whatever that end goal is, you need everybody that's working for you, working in that direction. And you can only, you can only be successful if that's, if that's the case. You know, I mean, otherwise, it's, it's kind of accidental happenstance. And a lot of people get pretty far on, you know, we just made the right decisions at the right time and, and kind of got lucky to some extent. So I think having that roadmap, having that that larger goal ahead of us and doing some intentional things to reach those objectives, that is going to be beneficial. It's going to help you grow. It's going to help provide access to, you know, capital. It's going to provide access to better talent. It's going to provide access to, you know, better projects, cooler projects, you know, ease of life type of things. And it's just it's just a great to see an organization that can really unite around a core purpose, which is what a lot of, you know, you talk to you know, millennials or, or Gen Z are really looking for that. But I would argue that every generation is looking for something like that, is looking for something to give to that's, that's above themselves. And, and that's what they're looking for. But if you can get everybody around that, just the working environment is just, it changes. It's so energized and motivated. That's the place that you want to come to work every day. If you're doing that less intentionally, you know, it's just kind of becomes this, it can become stagnant, there can be discontent, and you just kind of lose sight of some of those things that, that were important to you to start with. Yeah. And I, I think what I'm hearing you say is that the companies that come to you with strategic planning needs and a requirement of strategic planning help, those companies that are willing to kind of bear it all and to be more transparent and open to the advice and guidance that you're willing to give tend to be much more successful with the outcomes that you put in place. Is that correct? That's correct. I mean, you have to be willing to look in the mirror. You really do. You have to be willing to, to bear all the ugly stuff out there. You know, it is your plan at the end of the day. And this is what I stress, that is, this is something that you're going to have to live, breathe for the next three to five years is the typical horizon we look at. And we, we normally revisit it every year with a lot of our implementation clients, a lot of our longer term clients that we've been working with for a number of a number of years, we do that on a yearly basis. But this is something that you have to live with. And if you can, no matter what conclusion that you come to, if you can take that input, look at it objectively or as objectively as possible. Some of the things sting when you see some of the feedback that that employees have to say about what you've been doing, then you're going to be much more successful in this process because you're really approaching it from a better position than you would be otherwise. 
And are you typically surprised by sometimes by some of the results that you guys come up with that you share with the client based on the feedback or data that they've given you? Because I know that you guys, you'll do like a deep dive and maybe send off a survey to have a firm fill out a bunch of different data points and information that you can then glean from as you make recommendations. But are you are you typically surprised by the information that is that is given to you that you then turn around and, and come up with solutions for them for the client? Yeah, sometimes I do get surprised, strangely enough. There's a, you know, a lot of it is is different shades of the same color, types of challenges that are consistent, that are just manifested in different ways. And then there's obviously the human component, the behavioral component of how how to address those things aren't necessarily the same within every organization. But there are still, you know, significant surprises. I would say what happens more often than not is the client organization, the leadership there is surprised by some of the feedback that they're that they see. Because I like to provide not only our analysis and all our interpretation of that data, but also the raw data that you can look at for yourself. And, and some of those are uncomfortable. Some of them are very surprising. And it's there's often a disconnect between the leadership group and the rest of the staff on how they view a certain topic. And so that's really interesting to allow the team to confront and, and see how they react to that. One of the biggest things that we try to accomplish at these strategic planning retreats is alignment amongst the leadership team. One of the main reasons we're doing, we're doing all of that research and, and providing that perspective in the first place is to create that alignment. We want everyone walking into those design meetings to have a clear understanding of who we are today. What is the, what is the firm that we're working with? So that as we're saying, you know, we're looking into our crystal balls for three to five years into the future and trying to, to make course corrections or, or trying to chart a new path towards something that we'd like to accomplish, then we're all, we all understand where we're starting from and what are, what are the disadvantages, what are the advantages that we have in pursuing one direction over another. So that's, I think that's surprising. I think there, there's definitely a range of emotions that particularly the C-suite level typically has. They feel like they've been doing something or been trying to advance something for a long period of time. And they're hearing either opposite reactions or it's not sinking in, it's not even a concern. So that really, when we present that assessment and that analysis, you really get to see that kind of unvarnished, unfiltered emotion that comes from that. And that can be very surprising sometimes. Hmm. I bet. I bet. I mean, there's so much going on. And, you know, I mean, even though we, we try to lump all design firms into the same basket, I think just the simple fact that there's so many different variations of how design firms operate, the services that they offer the way they interact with clients, there's a lot of nuance to it. And you almost have to be ready to deal with every type of nuance that exists. Could you just speak a little bit to how some of the background information that not only that you get from the client, but that Zwei Group has in general because of the research and survey work that you guys do, how does that help the process of strategic planning? Yeah, sure. So so we ask, we have a couple of questionnaires. We have a survey that goes out. We do leadership interviews, of course. These are all things that we're looking for the client to tell us what's, what's going on within your organization. In addition to that, we have you know, the typical RFI that's looking at you know, financials, organizational chart data, op- other operational information that we can get our hands on that is 
I guess, as, as objective as you could possibly make it. So we're trying to say, okay, here's some objective pieces. Here's some subjective pieces from the firm client organization and, and really internalizing that. One of the most interesting things for our clients is how do they stack up against everybody else that's out there? And what does that look like? And that's where the data that we collect on the, on the Zwei Group side can be really helpful. There's, of course, key performance indicators that are really leading metrics. Uh, you can have leading and lagging indicators, of course, and, and those things that really drive your business. Uh, we like to take a look at those and how do you stack up with people in your region or that are of similar service type or size, or there's a number of different ways we can slice the data. But I think it's, it's often one of the things that we get, uh, it's most requested, I suppose, is just, hey, we, we want to know how we're, we stack up on revenue factor or net service revenue per FTE. What does that look like? Are we doing well? Do we need to formulate strategy to help us in one of those areas or another? Does it illuminate any kind of potential challenge or problem that's, that's internal processes that are, are driving these things? Is it driving some sort of, of culture within your organization that is, that is maybe starting to, to become toxic? So we bring a wealth of information on just about every subject. And, and that's really what Zwei Group does. That's how we approach it. So those of you that have been big fans of ours for a long time, you know, and you probably come to us for specific design space expertise. And so really the entire gambit of other services and data that we that we collect really help support what we do in strategic planning. So whether it's it's salary information, compensation, financial performance, recruiting, HR type of activities, marketing and business development metrics, those types of perspectives that we're able to provide to say not only hey, here's our experiences. This is how the firms that we've worked with or that we've interacted with in some way in the past are approaching some of these same challenges. But also here's some hard facts. Here's some hard data that you can look at. And then we can take all of that and say, well, here's our perspective or here's our recommendation for what's going to work best for your firm and how should you approach this given where we are today? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, and I guess even with everything that's going on right now, if I was a firm that was that had worked with you in the previous past and I came back to you given everything that's going on with the pandemic and how it everything is so fluid, right, in business as is, as it is in just life in general right now, how have you guys been how has that impacted your the advisory group when it comes to strategic planning with past clients as well as with current clients? Yeah, we've seen a pretty big shift. It's been, you know, we're constantly asking ourselves how can we provide more value? How can we do what we're doing better for our clients? And just since the pandemic really broke, we've made significant changes, significant process. So if you work with us, you know, a year ago at this time, I think you would see even in that one year time span, a, a, a significant difference. One of the things, you know, we obviously launched a, a survey really quickly a lot of uh, a lot of the folks listening to this podcast might have participated in that uh, COVID nineteen uh, survey where we're just trying to everybody's kind of flying blind at you know at the March timeframe March April May we really don't know what to expect and there were some assumptions that were made that that were disproven there were some things that were correct so we started by just gathering a bunch of information and what we started to learn what we started to to understand as this as this develops particularly as it relates to the strategic planning process that we uh, go through with our clients 
is the firms that were really successful, the ones that, that outperformed were the ones that really had a clear focused strategy oriented around a few key principles. And so that is one of the most significant changes in terms of just layout and how we're, we're organizing these strategic plans is we've really enforced a more of a, an architecture or a hierarchy as it relates to how do you build your strategic plan. The pieces have always been there, but I think the way that we're, we've organized it is, has been significantly different. So to, be, to dive into that a little bit further, what we have come up with is, you know, outside of the, the kind of the pillars of mission, vision, values, when you start to get into what are, the, what are the core strategic thrusts or needs of an organization, we call those strategic objectives. And the idea is to have three to five, maybe seven of those strategic objectives that are saying, these are the real drivers for our business. Whereas previously we said, okay, let's devise strategies for business development and IT and marketing and project management, quality control. And we kind of had 15 or 16 different categories. We said, well, let's make sure that we're, we're specifically aligned now around these three to five or seven different strategic objectives. And that is what really drives the rest of the plan that's underneath of that, which cascades into strategies, into initiatives and into actions. And that change has significantly focused or more narrowly focused firms that we've worked with and and gone through that process with. It allows you to take a look at those objectives and then the strategies underneath of those. So those are the the three plus year type of propositions that's saying, this is what's going to enhance our competitive advantage, or this is what we need to do from a broad philosophical standpoint in order to make us competitive, successful, whatever the, the goal might be. And so within that, we're able to adapt and change much more quickly than a lot of the strategic plans we had designed previously, because they're able to look at those three to five items as opposed to 15 different items, and then say, well, how does that affect the strategies within each of those buckets that I had mentioned previously with with IT, project management, and and so on and so forth. And so that's kind of the next level of the, the plan, and it cascades from there. There's associated initiatives and actions. And of course, the probably the most important piece of that is making sure that everything has an owner, everything has a measure of success. How do we know if we're successful or not? It has a timeline associated with it. And then, and then we provide visibility and transparency. So the, another really exciting thing that we announced at just before actually Elevate AEC, the, the virtual experience that we had this past year in the fall, was our partnership with a group called OnStrategy, which is uh, a software provider essentially for plan builds, and performance management of strategic planning. So it really aids our development in the the implementation phase. So when we work with clients to do a plan build, they have the option if they want to continue to have our assistance in helping them drive that plan, whether it's resources, templates, just time to get things started, or just perspective. That We typically do a a year-to-year contact with our implementation clients. And what pairs really well with that is this is this on strategy strategy management software application because it's unlimited user base. So that means we can be included as a user base. We're not tracking things in a bunch of different spreadsheets, asking for updates, only revisiting it on you know maybe a quarterly basis if we're lucky. A lot of firms were were taking a look at this their plans on a quarterly basis. And so we really emphasize the implementation. And I really think it's a huge value to add this software platform as a core backbone of strategy performance management. 
And it's really been a big game changer. So that's a significant change that we've made. There's, you know, there's a number of others as well that we're, we're currently in the process of making and, and we've, we've made throughout the last year. But I think that's, those are the two of the big ones that really come to mind when you ask that question of how have we changed and how have we adapted. And, and that's something that you know, I don't think anybody else can offer. I mean, I know specifically for the software, we've got exclusive rights to offer that to the design space. And so that, that proprietary platform is something we can offer. So from, a, from our own internal competitive advantage standpoint, that's something that's made me very happy. But I also think it's, it's something that is, has really amplified the ability of our clients to do what is necessary. Because I think another lesson that we've learned during this pandemic, not to get into the, to the work from home space, but it's just visibility, transparency, and the, the, these quarterly business reviews that, that we had, this cycle are, are more or less dead, which might be you know, maybe a little hyperbolic, but it's, I think it's true. I don't think you can wait a quarter to revisit and see how we're progressing or discussing these ideas in these forums where it really takes a lot of, you have to build up a lot of momentum to get there. By the time you're done with that quarterly review, you're just now getting into that conversation where this really speeds that process up. You can look on it, at it from a day-to-day basis. There's automation and, and efficiency gains there. So it's really, it's really an excellent way to, to, to implement your strategic plan. And, and we're really lucky to be a part of that with a lot of, a lot of firms that we work with. Well, you know what they say about timely information, it's necessary. <laughs> Without it, you run into problems. So, you know, a lot of times people are operating from old data points and old information and that that doesn't help anybody, especially a growing organization, especially like the firms that you work with on a regular basis. What does the process look like? How long from start to finish? If you guys if if I'm getting with my team and I'm like, "You know what? We're going to bring Phil and his guys is is team in from Zwy Group to get us on the right path with a strategic plan. What can I expect just for, and I'm not, you know, I mean, I know each situation is going to be different, but what can I expect from a time perspective? How much am I going to need to be involved, me as a leader, as somebody pulling the trigger and bringing Zwy Group in to do this, but how much time and bloodletting is required to, <laughs> to have this whole strategic plan put together? Yeah, well, we try to make it as painless as possible and handle a lot of the the heavy lifting or the grunt work for you. Not to say that you won't be involved. So a comfortable timeline for us is somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 to 120 days from kickoff to the strategic planning meetings. And there's, you know, there's of course a little bit of work on the back end of that for getting things ready for the rollout and implementation, but you're going to have the plan built and ready to go somewhere in that 90 to 120 day window. That said, we work to try to meet deadlines as needed. We've done things much more quickly than that, of course, and have done things on a little bit longer horizon, depending on what you're looking to do. And like I mentioned, this, this is something that we try to take a lot of the, you know, the bulk of that off of you. There's a heavy time investment right at the outset. Get this entire process launched. We have a lot of information that we're asking for. And particularly that core strategic planning team, whether it's a committee or a steering team or something, of that nature is going to have a little bit more involvement in just getting us information, walking through the logistics and making sure that everything is launched appropriately and, and we're meeting the objectives. That said, the more involvement, the more you take ownership over this process and what your plan is, I think you see a much better result. I think the more that we can communicate, the more that we can build a relationship, jump on the phone, the more insight that we have into your organization and particularly your key leadership team, the more 
they can start formulating and building up to the strategic planning retreats, I think the more time that we have to do that, the more successful that firms are when we actually get to building strategy. The strategies are much more comprehensive, moves more quickly through some of the areas that firms typically get stuck in because it's it's a little bit difficult to think this way if you're not used to thinking that way. And so so I think those are the the, the core investments that you need to make through this through this process. And so while a lot of it, you know, if you were to do this internally, it would certainly be much more significant commitment than working with us, I, you know, among other, you know, benefits of working with our organization, the insights we're able to provide. But I still think there's a, there's a, you know, it's, it's not a set it and forget it type of proposition. I wouldn't recommend that. I've gone through those processes where it's been very difficult to get a hold of anyone. We get what we need to get done. But I think at the end of the day, your strategic plan suffers to some extent. Maybe your people suffer a little bit if, if you're not as involved. And so that's why we're doing, you know, we're doing a, a few other changes to help drive that process. What we've found during the pandemic was one of the things that we used to do was being on site for these leadership and management interviews. And I don't think we're ever going to do that again. I think doing those virtually, I think we accomplish what we want to accomplish. But there is value in being able to step into an organization early on in the process, get on site, get a feel for the culture, the energy, how people interact within an organization. So what we've shifted focus on is, you know, whenever it's it's a possibility again, we'd still like to do two on-site visits, which is really, those are the two things that, that drive the schedule more than anything else is the on-site visits and then timely access to information. But uh, what we'd like to do going forward is, shift that on-site visit from a, a management leadership type of interview to a, a mission, vision, values, competitive advantage discussion, maybe even including some elements of the SWOT analysis, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Because that is, you know, when we get to the retreats, that is the core, you know, that's the why, what, and how of your organization. And then if we can figure out those components and we can start doing a little bit of thought and development, we get those fairly well constructed what we find is that we can really spend time during the retreat not digging into those topics of conversation. We've got that piece of it figured out, which is going to drive the rest of the strategy. And if we can dig a little bit deeper, have some of the more meaningful conversations that don't organically happen outside of this type of format, then that's really going to be beneficial. Because there are some firms we end up with, you know, admittedly, that they spend way too much time at the retreat on mission, vision, values because it's it's a difficult proposition and it is a very important piece of the process, that we end up eating up a good chunk of the first day of the retreat focused on those areas, which leaves us very little time in the remainder of the retreat to dig in as deeply as I think a lot of firms want to on some of these more difficult questions around specialization and diversification, growth strategies around, is it M&A, is it organic growth? These are some of the other things that, that are really difficult to to gain alignment around. A lot of people have a lot of opinions around. So that's one of the changes. That's one of the other changes that we're making as a part of our process to really help deliver more on, I think, the retreats, which, uh, you know, so that when we're, we're all done with the retreat, we all have a really good feeling about a core strategy that we're excited about pursuing when it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, you've, I think you've laid it out perfectly. If people want to kind of connect with you to have to kind of take this information that they heard on the podcast to another point, what's the best way for them to do that? Is there something on the Zwei Group website that they can go to, or would you just rather have them email you for additional information? Yeah, I'd be happy to have you email me directly. Of course, we've got a contact us page on our website. 
just fill that out and that'll get to me, no problem. But if you want to contact me directly, which I'd, I'd love to, to have you do, you could email me. It's my first initial, last name at zweigroup.com. So that's P-K-E-I-L at zweigroup.com. And you, know, you could give me a call as well and just email me or go through the contact us page. Just get in contact with us some way and, uh, and you'll get to me. And it's, it's a pretty short pathway. Yeah, no, well, we'll make sure all that's in the show notes as well. But, you know, people, sometimes people are listening to this and like, oh man, I want to contact this guy right away. So certainly please let Phil know if you heard this podcast and this kind of motivated you to reach out to him. Maybe you guys have been meeting, you've been meeting with your board or meeting with other leadership and have said, you know, we've got to do this. 2021 is going to be the year. We're kind of hopefully coming out of this pandemic at some point in time this year. And, you know, this is maybe the time to kind of refocus our efforts to make sure that as an or as a design firm organization that we are are operating at the highest and most efficient place possible and i believe i believe that's me i'm i'm speaking here i believe the only way that you can do that is with a proper plan in place you can't have goals you can't put put out there that hey we want to be this type of company or this size company or this amount of revenue in this period of time without having a plan and I believe that what Phil and his team there at Zui Group can do is, if nothing else, put a plan in place that you can then follow. And I always like hearing the stories. I mean, even even when I was physically in the office on a regular basis, it would be cool to hear stories from Chad and Mark and others and Jamie Claire about this firm was, you know, they were three years into a five-year strategic plan and they've already met their goals, you know? And that wouldn't have happened without the strategic plan. Am I right? I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's not like, not like we don't push people. We don't set these, these easy goals to accomplish. Most of the conversation is, holy crap, I don't know how we're ever going to reach that. Or, wow, I don't know how we're ever going re- to reach that number. And then three years into a five-year plan, we're sitting there going, wasn't so hard now, was it? Because you guys had a proper plan in place. You did what you needed to do. And it really energized the firm to, to go after it. So that's, yeah, it's really cool to see what these firms are accomplishing, you know, two to three to five years into their plan. It's just amazing to watch. Yeah. And it's, you know, for those of you listening, it's really what your firms are capable of, right? I think every growing organization, for profit or otherwise, has the potential for real growth with a proper plan. And certainly if you're in the design industry, you're an engineering firm, an architectural firm, land development, landscape architecture, construction management, you name it, reach out to Phil and his team and they will take care of you and get things going. And so, Phil, any last thoughts that you have for our audience? I think, you know, when we're we're looking at so much uncertainty, so much development within this space, it's more important than ever. I think we've got an excellent team. We're growing. The expertise that we have on board is, is fantastic. And so, you know, the, the ability for us to provide you with something that's really going to make a difference because growth can be defined in a number of different ways. And it's, you know, it's not the same for every person, but we'll find a way to help you grow. And uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to connecting. Always happy to to interact with people, provide advice where I can give back. And so would love to hear from everybody that's heard this podcast and really work with you to, to help design a, a brighter future. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. Phil Kyle, Director of Strategic Planning at Zwei Group. The advisory service at Zwei Group does so much. I mean, strategic planning is just one area, but that 
we wanted to just go deep in this subject today, just so that you could have a better idea as in terms of what is available to you. If you've heard something today that really, you know, really mo- motivates you or moves you, please reach out to Phil and the rest of the team here at Zui Group, and, and they'll be sure to, um, you know, to get back to you right away and uh, answer any and all questions that you have. Remember, the, the only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. So please, these guys have been through it. This firm has been around for more than three decades now. I can't believe I'm saying that, but, you know, there's just so many opportunities for Zui Group to help a firm out, and you could be that next firm. So, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really, really appreciate you. And uh, don't be a stranger, man. I know you're busy and now you have a new child and all that stuff is almost a year old. I can't believe that. But, you know, don't be a stranger to the podcast. We'd love to have you back to talk strategy, no pun intended, and to just kind of find out what else is happening. And we'll make sure that we do that. Thanks, Randy. This has been great. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope you you guys like that. I hope this information was helpful for you. I really want to encourage you to connect with us here at Zui Group. And I want to tell you something else. One of the reasons why we created this podcast was to stimulate more readership of the Zui Letter newsletter, which is one of probably, if not the longest running, one of the top two or three longest running newsletters in the design industry. So it's been around since 92. Mark writes an article in it every week. Chad Kleinens writes an article in in, in it every week. Phil Kyle, yours truly. I've written some articles in there, but I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Zweig Letter. It's free. That's the beauty of it. It's free. And you can also get it for your whole company. If you're trying to create strategic thinkers, if you're trying to create people that are on your team that are looking at the big picture of where the design industry is going, then you need to subscribe them to the Zweig Letter newsletter. And certainly, of course, it's free. It comes out every Monday via PDF at around 11 or 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. And it is definitely well worth your time and effort to check it out. And the beauty of it is that for a lot of you that are leaders in the design industry, you're going to hear from your peers because we get a lot of people from around the industry to share their thoughts, to share their best practices. So I really want to encourage you, subscribe to the Zweig Letter today. Remember, you heard about it first right here by Randy. Okay. So just don't even think about it. Just when you hang up from this podcast, well, not hang up because it's not a phone call, but when you get when you when you turn your phone off, just go to your website and just type in thezwigletter.com and uh, go ahead and uh, fill that information out and start your subscription for the free newsletter. And that's it. And then also, if you can, just if you have something nice to say about the podcast or want to give us some feedback, you can rate or review the podcast anywhere that great podcasts can be found. And especially on Apple Podcasts, we would love to get a rating and a review of this podcast and how it is impacting the work that you're doing in the design industry space. So that's all I have for you this week. And we will be back very soon with another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Remember, I've got some great episodes coming up for you in 2021. I'm not going to tease them all here, but just rest assured, stay tuned because you're going to enjoy it. That's all I have for you this week. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, 
finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.